bring your kid to work is being recorded in Mianjin, and we acknowledge and pay our respects to the Yagara and Turrbal people as the traditional custodians of the land and waters on which we learn, work and play, and we extend our respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. It's time to bring your kid to work. Hey everyone, it's time to bring your kid to work. It's the family podcast that explores the world of work through the eyes of parents and their kids. Each week, we interview one parent and their child to chat about what they do for work, what they like, what they don't like, and how they got there in the first place. Let's find out who we're talking to today. Our guests today are Carolyn and her grown-up daughter, Hannah. Carolyn Twiggs is a counsellor who, along with the founder, Jackie Dean, runs the STEM program at Burnside High School. STEM stands for Supporting Teenagers with Education, Mothering and Mentoring. Carolyn's a facilitator of the Circle of Security Parenting and Circle of Security Classroom programs. She's been counselling for over 20 years and she loves helping young people set themselves and their kids up for success. She brings with her her grown-up kid, Hannah. Hannah is a communication specialist who works for one of Australia's biggest providers of health and aged care. These two are quite the dynamic duo and I loved our conversation. I know you will too. So let's get on with the show. Welcome to Bring Your Kid to Work. This episode is called The Counselor. And I'm really excited to welcome two very special guests. And I will get them to introduce themselves, starting with our youngest guest. My name is Hannah. I'm 29 years old, nearly 30, which is crazy. I work at St. Vincent's Health Australia as a comms advisor. Yeah, I live in Brisbane, loving life. And I'm here with my lovely mum. Excellent. And who's your mum? My mum is Carolyn, the counsellor. The (laughs) counsellor. Carolyn, welcome. Thank you. So you're a counsellor. I am. Not of the local government variety. Oh, no. 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 Not to be confused. More of the therapy variety. More of the therapist, yes. Okay, there you go. So Hannah, what does your mum do all day as a counsellor? Goodness, mum talks to, well, first of all, she works at a place called STEM which helps uh, mothering and pregnant teenagers, helping them get back into the education system and empowering them to, I guess, get education again, how how to look after their children as well. But mum works in the counselling side, going through any issues, any problems and helping them become the best, I guess, mother they can be and and get the support they really need as well, whether it's through their partner, through their family unit. But mum works with a lot of very young women who are probably very scared going through this time and she she acts as a as their support network to get them through that that very difficult stage and so what does that involve does that involve your mum going and visiting people in their houses does it involve your mum sitting in an office chatting to them so the stem program is at burnside state school which is in namble my mum works in an office in there and it's it's through the school so the girls can come visit mum directly and talk to her in that safe space about everything that's happening and they can also bring their kids there where they can go to creche and they can also do courses in that area as well so they can do TAFE they can do teaching so it, it kind of offers lots of facilities offers a lot but mum looks after the counselling 
part of that. Wow, Carolyn, did she do a good job of explaining Spot that? On. Yes, she <laughs> did really well. <laughs> she did really well. So yes, it's an alternate education program. It brings young women back into education, but I look after the mental health side of it. So there's, a, there's two arms to that program. There's education arm and there's a, a mothering arm. And that uh, encompasses mental health, you know, counselling involved in that, parenting groups, relationship groups. We have Queensland Health involved. So we've got midwives and a doctor that actually come on site. So it's a real wraparound service, but it allows them then also to engage back in some sort of alternate education. Okay, so teenagers who might find that they're pregnant often will end up just not going to school anymore because absolutely. they're worried about what other people might think of yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. It's how this program actually started. So I started with the founder of the program. My colleague was pregnant. She's a school teacher with her third child. She was pregnant with a third child and she had a student in year eight who was pregnant at the same time. And what she noticed was while her pregnancy was being celebrated, the student's pregnancy was not. They didn't know the school clearly wouldn't know how to deal with that. And so that that young student's path was to leave school because it just doesn't cater for young pregnant teenagers. I did some training with her and she said, oh, I'm thinking of opening up this alternate education program, but offering some wraparound support for these young mums and to get them back in. And she said, do you want to come on board and you can do the the mental health side? And I said, absolutely, let's do it. So it's grown from there. Started with 12 young girls and it's gosh our average is probably about 25 to 30 now we've got a wait list really so wow um, yeah that's amazing yeah because we know that going to school and and learning is actually really key to being a successful adult right absolutely so making sure that these girls can still go to school It's huge. It's really breaking that generational welfare cycle. And I'm in awe of them to walk through the door. They're pregnant or or have babies at such a young age to want to do something different and get off the system and after their families. We need more programs like this rolled out. We are the only program that has the education and wraparound services in the the state. There's educational programs and there are programs that that help mothers in the mental health, but not one that's actually combined. Well, there you go. Mm. So it's amazing to be able to do that all in the same place Mm. and in an environment that they're used to, which is school. Yes. And being able to do that so that people can keep going with their education. Is that something that you thought when you were little, I'm going to be a counsellor looking after teenagers who are pregnant or have babies? (laughs) Oh, no. Absolutely not. (laughs) What did you want to do when you were little? I I actually wanted to be a translator. There you go. Yes. Ah. Mum was really good (laughs) at languages. Picking up languages and But it didn't happen that way. It just I it I almost fell into this as I travelled a lot and we moved when the children were small to the Middle East. I was juggling some work, I was doing some secretarial work, I teach swimming, I was teaching swimming to kids and adults, and then I just noticed this gap and we had some expatriate families that were struggling and I always had really some interest in psychology and just going back to education and and getting myself educated and qualified just to look at that field I wasn't sure where that was going to go and that's what I did it just started that way and qualified and I I did some distance ed and I started counseling expat women that's where I started Um, yeah and then as we traveled it just grew from there but actually the young people started here in Australia yeah when we came to Australia well there you go So for those people who are listening who go, what's an expat? What is an expat? So I guess an expat is, and so in my experience, are those who move from one place to another, not permanently, maybe for for a period of time. So you're not a native of the country or, or, you know, it's your your home, but you stay for a certain period of time, then you move on to the next place. And it's great to learn about new cultures, meet new people, but... 
you don't stay in the one spot. Yeah, and so that can be quite an upheaval for people. So being able to counsel them, that makes a lot of sense. Yes, absolutely. And so if you wanted to be a translator, were you learning a language? Oh, I learned French, <laughs> but it wasn't something that I pursued after school. I, I literally from school went and straight into work. And that was just to start working. I was secretary. That's where I started. I did a business diploma and I just went straight into work. Right. And was that your first job as yes, a secretary? it was. Right. Yes. I just left at school at 17 um, and then I went into uh, I went to college, did the diploma, and, yeah, then I started work at 18. There you go. Hannah, what was your first job? My first job at 14 was working at the markets making waffles, <laughs> <laughs> Belgian waffles. So lots of different flavours. I used to work Saturdays and Sundays with one of my best friend's dads and we'd go out there in the morning pretty early and we'd make waffles and I'd think I'd get... $30 maybe, $20, and I'd usually spend it all at the market on food. I was going to say, did you back. just buy lots of waffles? Just lots of, I got free waffles, which was also part of the pay, you know, it was uh, it was great. But that was my that was my first job was working at the markets, actually. And when you were little, before you were 14 and being a waffle maker, what was the thing that you thought you were going to do when you grew up? I think a part of me always wanted to be a writer. I always used to write little you know, short stories, aka two pages long, for mum and dad to read through. I used to bind them. I used to, you know, do the artwork on the front cover and give them mum and dad for their esteemed review. But I always wanted to be a writer or an author, really, write a novel, write my own book. I think at one stage it was a vet. Mm. I really loved mm-hmm. animals as well. So, you know, there were two ways I could have gone, but, <laughs> but I think I dropped the vet thing quite quickly and realised I just really loved writing stories. Yeah. And so in your job that you do right now, Is that something you do? Yeah, well, I work in the communications field and a bit of marketing as well. So definitely a lot of writing involved there. I think just a different type of writing. So potentially not as creative as I would like. However, it is great to work on lots of different initiatives, especially for St. Vincent Health and work out what I like to write about and, and, and what I'm promoting and working with stakeholders and understanding their voice and putting that into a piece of work because communication isn't just telling someone something it's actually trying to make sure that they understand the thing that you're putting out in the world is that right exactly and it's a balancing act of making sure we get the message out there but we're not over communicating so they switch off they have to be engaged they need to understand why we're communicating with them and what's in it for them so why why are we doing this for them why are we reaching out to them and also moving from you know looking at our audience, so we've got a lot of nurses and clinicians on the ground, they might not be on their computer as often or phone as often. How do we communicate with them when they've got a five minute break, you know, in between their shifts? How do we get the message out to them versus someone who's always on their computer? All they're looking at is other emails and and, and digital versions of our messages. So lots of balancing there. It sounds like it. It sounds like a very important and challenging job. Definitely. 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 And your mum's job sounds like a very important and challenging job. It is. Does she like it? I think there are, <laughs> I think there are moments where it can be quite challenging. I do remember when mum first started, I think separating the work and bringing it home was a bit challenging. So especially if you had a very emotional or long day or, or, or a difficult time trying to separate the emotions from that when you're coming home and disconnecting from it and, and leaving it in that room. I remember seeing that because mum would, would take it home and think about it and a lot. It was a bit hard. But I think you've also had some really beautiful stories and beautiful outcomes from the girls as well. 
and that you've made a difference and you've helped them? I'd say yes and no. Mm. It's been a journey. (laughs) That's been a journey. Yes, that's definitely a good way to put it. So you wanted to bring everybody home with you, I'm guessing? Oh, yeah, it would have made their lives a lot easier. Yes, if they could have had um, some stability, I think. But uh, yes, it was definitely challenging. It took some time to learn and that's part of the job. You've got to learn to leave that at the door when you come home because you have another life. Yeah. But yes, that was was a challenge. There were some challenges there. But yes, equally some very rewarding when you see we have the girls generally with us for about a two-year period so when you see how they've how well they've come and progressed yeah to be able to send them on their way into the outside world again and yeah and and, in a different headspace is is really rewarding yeah so on a really great day at work what would that look like what's a great day at work look like carolyn oh gee that's a really good question it's not about happiness at the end of the day, it's not about everyone feeling happy and jovial. It's more about being able to, for me, probably what a good day at work would be having a, having someone come in that is possibly really um, distressed, that has had a challenging night, whatever that may look like with the, with their partners or, or with them, their children, and just being able to hear them for them to be able to work work out where they need to go possibly from there for that day or and just to see their headspace shift a little bit that for me that's a good day when you can see a little bit of movement or just a, almost a relaxing of shoulders even that's a good day for me yeah because yeah. being a parent is really hard really hard and it's hard enough when you're a grown-up already yes and I can imagine it's super hard when you're not a grown-up yet. Yes, and and for a majority of these young women, they don't have the family's support necessarily, and they don't necessarily have good role models in their lives. So there's no compass really for them as to how that they want that to look. Some do, but but majority don't, unfortunately. This is challenging, and then you throw a, a little baby into the mix. Yeah, just being able to um, give them an alternate experience about what attachment looks like. So what does that mean, attachment? I feel like it's something that I put on an email. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I forget to put on an email yes. and then my computer says, yeah. are you supposed to have attached something? So what do you mean with parenting? What does attachment mean? So it's how we do the relationship with our child. And it's about how we look at behaviors. It's not looking at the behavior. It's looking at what's underneath that behavior. Mm. It's all about connection. Yeah. That's all people really are trying to do <laughs> is connect. And people do that in very different ways. Yeah. Oh, they try it in different ways and sometimes it doesn't work quite the right no, way. Sometimes it's quite challenging. It's, it's difficult. And you automatically, through your own experiences, can be triggered by some of the things that are, we are being presented with. So yeah. it's having an understanding. And that's what attachment is about, having an understanding about what that looks like and looking at behaviors and how we address things with our children or other relationships through a different lens. Yeah. Because I know that if I am hungry, my behavior yeah. really changes. Yes. I get hangry. angry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. So do I. And that happens with little kids too. And so as a parent, it's really hard when your little kid yes. is misbehaving and then you go, wait a minute, yes. they need a banana. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's really one way to simplify it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so, Hannah, does that mean that since your mum studies parenting and how to attach and all of these great theories that she's the best mum in the whole wide world? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, how you answer that? 10 out of 10. <laughs> She's the best mom you've ever had. Mom. <laughs> she's a great, she's a fantastic mom. I think because mom has that counseling 
background, I think we've always had also a bit more open communication because yeah. it's, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, now and again, I've had to say, mum, take your counselling hat off. Let's, let's have a chat. Yeah. But the fact is, I know that I can always go, and I still do at 29, go to mum first for advice to talk because there's no judgment. There's never been any judgment. There's always been an open communication with both of us. And mum understands it because she's also worked with so many different people. I feel like hopefully nothing I tell her is going to shock her too much. But but mum's but mom, always, I think, always been there and always been open with, you know, you can, you can come to me with whatever you need and want to talk about. I'm here. Yeah. For me, that's what a great parent looks like. They don't need to do much else than just be there, be there. and feed you. Feed us. <laughs> so it's money, you know. <laughs> That's always important. No, yeah. <laughs> and on a, I was asking your mum this, but on a great day at work for you, Hannah, what does that look like? Oh, great question. What I like my job is every day is very, very different. So I think when something comes my way that is a bit different and it's a new initiative and I get to interview people or talk to people and get their personal experiences and I get to craft a story. So I get to put a bit more of creative flair into it. And that's my main, you know, my main task. That really makes my day. And then the feedback I get as well from that or from other pieces, people saying, you thank you for writing my story or doing that profile piece on me or talking about our patients or residents. They had this to say, it meant a lot being seen. So that's always a, a really great day for me. And I think also on the stickier part, when you have a massive outage or a cybersecurity issue or, or those or those crises where it, it seems very overwhelming, but you get through it and you do it and you have a good outcome and, and it's sent out and, and, and you tick that box and we did everything we could. That also feels a bit of an accomplishment after it because it's, it's a challenge and, and you, you hit it head on. But I love the I love gathering experiences and personal opinions from people and trying to craft stories that way for the healthcare organization, whether it's aged care or hospital. I love it. So the both of you like to hear people's stories by the sounds of things and, and help people along their way. I like that. Bit of a parallel. What makes a good job, do you think, Hannah? I feel like my opinion on it has changed over the years. I think when I was young, it was money. <laughs> and maybe, uh, you know, making sure the role title was right. And, but then as I've gotten older, it's the team having a good culture, having support and having colleagues that you can really mesh with and bounce ideas off and feel supported and have a positive outlook makes all the difference. Work-life balance. Absolutely. For me, I don't think you can have a job where you are 300% passionate about it. You love it every single day. You know, I'd love to think there was maybe a little cynical, but having at least some passion points, I like to call it in your job where you can go, well, I love writing and I get to write and I get to do this and I get to do the things that I do love. Maybe not every day, but some days or most days. Um, so that's really important, but it's people, right? It's people you work with. I think if you don't have a supportive manager or great colleagues, then you could have the highest paying job in the world, but what's the point? Mm, yeah. Mm. I think that really is a great explanation of what a good job is. And Carolyn, on a day where perhaps it wasn't the best day, mm. what's the way that you get around that or make yourself feel better ready for the next day so what do you do when you get home from a not so great day yeah I do some good self-care <laughs> my dog does a lot of self-care with me I try very hard if it has been a particularly bad day yes I try and at distance so I know I've got to leave it there but I if I do I come home massage a massage for me a Thai massage for me is if I needed that self-care I'm very aware of when I need it and I'm feeling a bit burnt out or that I'm at a bit of a low ebb so come home from work 
work and I don't answer my phone. I don't want to talk to anybody and I just um, zone out. It's just a zoning out time for me. If I'm feeling a bit burnt out, I'll go and have a massage. But my dog is always there to greet me. They do wonders, actually. Yes, just being able to hug and pat and talk to and 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 about nothing important is just wonderful. That's yes, that's what I do. And of course, work isn't our whole life. No, work is a part of our life. Yes. So, what else do you love? Because obviously, you speak very passionately about your job. We know that you love yes. your job, even when it's hard. But what else is there that you love in your life, Carolyn? Well, my family is not my number one. For me, it's always about if I can doing things with the family. So just being able to get together because the children are longer at home, have time to have lunch or a dinner, spend time with my husband, go and do really simple things, go and have a walk. I love to walk. So I love just getting out there. And if it's a you know, beautiful day, go and find a mountain to climb or go have a walk. That for me. But my family, it's about being with my kids. If I if they're around and I'm able, we're able to do that, yes. And what about you, Hannah? Have you got hobbies or things that you love that aren't your work life? Uh, I love to read, so I read lots of books as much as I can. And same thing, hang out with my husband, Harrison, watch TV shows, go to the movies, um, and hanging out, same, family and friends. I love hanging out with my friends and, and doing new things and, and trying new things. So those are those are a few a few parts. Oh, and board games. Me and my yes. husband are big board on board games. games. So we will play as many board games. <laughs> I like that idea. Like I said, work isn't your whole life. It's no. a part of your life. But you had to do some work to get to where you are. Why do you think you ended up being in the job that you're in, Hannah? What led you to get into communications, do you think? I think what's interesting actually is when I was first going into university and deciding what I wanted to do, I was actually quite set on law. So I went to their open day, had a look at law, scared immediately. wasn't sure it was for me. It just seemed quite intense, but they were also running a comms and journalism open day as well. So I went there and I just loved it. I just fell in love with it immediately. And I actually thought I was going to be a journalist for a long time. So I was, you know, set that I was going to be on the ABC and I was going to report some really incredible stories internationally. And that was going to be my role. And I just chose a random major. PR, it was like PR comms, you know, I thought, oh, I'll just tack that on. And I actually fell in love with PR and I really enjoyed it. I started out as a journalist, actually didn't love it as much as I thought I would. And everything now is digital. It's run very differently. And then I got into PR after that, really actually enjoyed crafting stories, seeing my story out there. It's like a form of journalism, right? Just, just, just the other way around. But then I wanted, I started learning about SEO and marketing and lots more. And I found that comms kind of encompassed a lot of that. You didn't have to pigeonhole yourself to one speci- speciality or one area. So I think when I was offered, one, a guy I worked with at my first job, he moved into St. Vincent's Health and said, there's a comms role. There's You do so much beyond just PR. PR is still part of it. Did you want to come across? And I loved it. I loved it. I could do, I could do lots of different things. So I think it's that journey of being open to more than what you think you're going to be when you grow up and learning new things. But I did. I I think doing comms, really doing a comms role, I I could just do as many things as I wanted to in that area. Carolyn, 
Counseling is a very caring job. Is that the kind of job that your parents did? What did they do for work? No, my father was actually a writer. I think that's where Hannah's talent comes from, it's my, from my dad. He started off in museums, actually. He was a PR and a communications person for the National Museums and Monuments in Zimbabwe. Had a lot to do with the history of and the Zimbabwe bird being brought back into Zimbabwe. Lots of really um, interesting things. Wrote a book which unfortunately he died just before it was published. But the family got to see it being published, which was wonderful. So my dad was a, was a writer, a real dreamer. My mum was in insurance. <laughs> she was an, uh, an insurance broker for years and years and years. So no, it doesn't come from, didn't come from them at all, really. Wow. Yes. Yeah, they're very different jobs, very aren't they? Very different jobs. Yeah. 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 And so Hannah, we clearly get that your mum comes from this, you know, hearing people's stories and wanting to be around people. Is that your dad's job as well, or is that a different thing that your dad does? Dad is total opposite. Think if he can avoid people, he would. <laughs> he was a big softy deep down, but dad works in the motor automotive business, so working with cars. He used to be a Formula One driver, but I think working with teams now, he, he's getting used to how to that dynamic with working with younger people, especially and things like that. But no, very different job to what we do, really. He's happy with his family and talking to us, but <laughs> doesn't need to hear much more about other people's stories or experiences. Other people are other people. Yes, they're yes. Right. not a people person. <laughs> yes. It's funny how that works, isn't it? That people are so different and they come together at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I think you, com- you compliment each other, though. I think mm. dad brought mum probably more out of your shell. Mm. Dad's very confident, tells it how it is, not, not afraid to be himself. And I think that's where I learned also a lot of that from dad. And, you know, you just march forward. And he's very, he's got a massive work ethic as well, works very, very hard. But then mum also softened dad and I think taught him about emotions and how to be open and oh let me call your daughter and have a chat now and again you know he's but no making dad sound awful he's lovely he's just um he's just a funny he's he's and he's hilarious lots of you know me and my dad are two peas in a pod when it comes to our dark humor and but yeah I think I think you compliment each other you bring different things out in each other there you go if you had to start all over again from leaving school and doing it all again, Carolyn, mm. do you think you'd do anything differently? Gosh, I'm a different person today, so it's such a difficult one to answer. Would I do it differently? Uh, well, the 17-year-old me would probably say yes because I, I had a different path altogether, but I think I'm just a totally different person today. It, it actually took me moving away from home and traveling to kind of shape who I am I think today and probably not then I, you know I think I wouldn't do it differently I think I think things happen for a reason they happened because they happened yeah and so home you've mentioned Zimbabwe a couple yes, of times I was born there yes mm-hmm. and for people who don't know Zimbabwe mm. what would be something you would want people to know about Zimbabwe oh, the people are beautiful in Zimbabwe they're very passive people. The country, scenic-wise, it's it's spectacular. There's nothing like it. Difficult to describe a place in Africa to somebody if you've not seen it or been there. I think it's a very different experience to anywhere else in the world, really. It was my, it was, it's home, it still is. Although I, I left there over 35, 40 years ago now. So, But growing up, I, I consider myself very lucky to have grown up in Zimbabwe because it was beautiful. Amazing. And so, Hannah, for... Kids out there or parents who are thinking about doing something different, what would be any advice that you'd give about leaving school and getting out into the world? I'd probably say not to pigeonhole yourself to one 
area and that actually humans are incredible people and we're adaptable and we have lots of different specialties and lots of things that we're good at. We don't just have to be good at one thing and to try it all, give it a go. You might surprise yourself and travel. I was really, really lucky that my parents did take me traveling so much and then I continued to travel after that and that absolutely go to school, go to uni, you'll get a job, but traveling's always there and the job will always be there. So make sure that you do immerse yourself because you might find during your journey, you want to do something else entirely. But I just, my, my biggest advice is just try it all. Don't just think that you can only do one thing. You might surprise yourself. You probably have lots of different areas that you're great at. That is excellent advice. <laughs> Carolyn, what about you? What advice would you give kids when they're looking at school subjects? Or, I mean, you obviously, you talk to kids who are doing that kind yes, of thing. Yes, Yeah, just keep an open mind. It's always There's always different pathways to achieve whatever that may be. And Hannah's right. You can have an idea in your head. Take the pressure off, I think. And it's easier said than done. I think kids going through year 11, 12, or people that are that age, there's so much pressure on them at schools. And perhaps some parents as well feel pressured to, to put the pressure on. Just take it off. There is always a path. There's no one way that necessarily works right. It's um, go with something, but it's okay if that doesn't work. I'm all about failure. <laughs> Fail, fail many times because that's the only way then you know. And then you'll find a path and and what works for you. Same thing with Hannah. Don't be too set or rigid if possible in that. Just keep an open mind and know there's different options. Yeah. I actually quite like the word failure. I had a lecturer at uni when I was learning to be a teacher who said that they used fail as an acronym for first attempt in learning. Okay, there you go. Because, you know, that's... Yeah, Yeah. you actually... When you fail something, it means you've learned something. Yes, don't be afraid of it. It's Mm. actually really important. It's it's great growth and learning. I know that sounds a bit cliche, but it is. It's all about that and knowing that you can pick up and go on. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So... Now that you've been in this job for 16 years, yes. can you imagine yourself doing anything else? No, I'm going to retire. <laughs> That's my next job. <laughs> one point yeah. a few years back, oh. you were considering going back to uni. Remember I that. was, yes, I was. My path at the moment is about I'm going to start cutting back on the counselling, but I have got a new business with a partner that delivers an attachment program to early learning educators, trying to get do some early interventions in schools with the staff because we know certainly in Queensland the suspension rates of primary school kids is higher than senior schools. It's just unbelievable because of behaviour and the way they deal with behaviour is suspension and it just doesn't achieve anything Uh, it doesn't we would love to do some of this early intervention stuff around attachment and looking at behavior through a different lens because even if we can just get little ideas out there about kids starting to really reframe how we deal with kids that have really big behaviors i'm hoping that may reduce the suspension rates and we might, might see a whole different generation of children that's my goal that they know that they're being heard <laughs> they know that they matter without just saying off you go if teachers or people can just see that for some kids it doesn't matter what uniform they've got on or what they've got on their feet or where they it's, it's about they could have slept under a bridge the night before but they're turning up at school and because school is their safe place mm-hmm. and it's where it's routine it's where there's some structure and we just need to be able to step back a little and just look at things in a different way. Yeah, people aren't their behaviour. Not at all. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. That is a beautiful place to leave it. Thank you very much, Carolyn. Thank you very much. Thank you, Hannah. Thanks, Nicole. Coming up next week, we'll meet Christy and her daughter, Maddie. Hello, Christy. And you are a talent development facilitator. Does that mean that you go find people to be on Australia's Got Talent? 
I had the exact same thought today around how would people interpret that job title? And when the kids hear the word talent, I'm sure that's what comes to mind. But no, I've developed talent for the business world. Maddie, what does your mum actually do all day long? I mean, all I really see her doing is sitting at her desk all day, looking at videos and slideshows. (laughs) You don't want to miss this one. Talk to you then. Bring Your Kid to Work is a Lioness Media production. This episode was produced and edited by me, Nicole Lessio. Our music is composed by Rakuo, with graphics and design from Anastasia Makuka. Subscribe to Bring Your Kid to Work wherever you're listening right now to hear all our episodes. And you can also share with your friends. We hope they enjoy listening too. You can follow us on Instagram at Bring Your Kid to Work and on Facebook at Bring Your Kid to Work, the podcast. And you can follow me on TikTok, Nicole Lessio. Visit bringyourkidtowork.com to see bonus content, transcripts from our episodes, and to sign up to our newsletter for the latest updates. Thanks for listening.